Welcome in to RJ Bell's Dream Preview, MLB Major League Baseball Edition. I am your host, the real underscore G Warner, Griffin Warner. Uh, I am by myself today. Uh, Scott Seidenberg is my co-host. Normally, he's uh, been super hot lately, so make sure you check out his stuff on Twitter, on pregame, all those sort of places. Uh, but he and I had schedules crossed a little bit tonight, so uh, it's just me. But I'm going to be going through the uh, entire Monday Major League Baseball cards, a little bit shorter than normal. Unfortunately, as we go into the week, uh, the Monday cards were pretty good for a lot of the season, but are starting to dry out a little bit. Um, so we'll go through all those, uh, try to give a recap on the teams that are playing and kind of speak a little bit more about what happened to them this weekend. Um, of course, going to give a, a pregame.com promo code plus a best bet end of show. So stick around. Uh, all lines quoted in this podcast, courtesy of betonline.ag, my favorite place to get my bets down early. Reduced use is offered on almost every game you want to bet right up until game time. Please follow the link found in the podcast description to fund your account. Use the promo code GW50. Receive a 50% match bonus up to $1,000. Also want to mention my uh, Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the real underscore G Warner. Good spot to go. Plus, um, we'll be talking about um, my pregame.com stuff as well. Um, check check me out on all those platforms. Plenty of places to get my leans and uh, and plays going into each day. Um, so I'm going to start in the Major League Baseball card. I go in rotation order. Scott does usually uh, in the order of first pitch, but um, I'm stuck in my ways. So uh, I hope you all can can tolerate that. Uh, and I'll start with that first matchup on Monday, and that is the Milwaukee Brewers visit the New York Mets, Colin Ray and Justin Verlander. Currently Verlander, a minus 172 favorite uh, over under is eight and a half, a little bit more juice to the under. And uh, I think that the number is juice to the under based on Milwaukee's lack of offense. They had a good series this weekend, winning two out of three against the Guardians. I actually backed them Friday and Saturday thought about doing Sunday as well. And they blew a pretty big lead uh, with Corbin Burns on the, on the mound, blowing it himself, um, which was surprising, but they did get a win in, in extra innings and really hadn't used a ton of their bullpen this weekend to secure uh, a series win. But the Milwaukee Brewers are half a game back in the AL central, excuse me, the NL national league central, um, but have really not been able to hit the ball at all. And that's a big problem because they're going on the road to Justin Verlander, who has been very shaky, looking more like a, a 40-year-old than uh, we were expecting, especially as he won the AL Cy Young last year in Houston. Um, but we're looking at the Mets. They had another awful collapse today. Uh, Buck Walter a little testy with reporters after the game. Um, and it's tough when you get asked. I'm sure emotions are still pretty, running pretty high late in, right after a game ended, after you blew another big lead. And uh, I think it's a really big problem is this bullpen. We've been talking about it all year on this show. Um, and it hasn't really changed. Unfortunately, the Mets have spent a ton of money in payroll on their team, uh, but they lost their closer to a really freak injury in the World Baseball Classic, and that was a really big problem. So um, they haven't been able to figure that out. They have no names in eighth inning of three-run games where you should have your highest leverage relievers, uh, especially when things get ugly. So things just haven't gone very well for the Mets, and uh, there's a reason why they're sitting in such a really poor position, like I think in the teens games back of the Atlanta Braves who won't stop winning, which is also problematic, but it honestly looks like the, the Mets are a long shot to even get a wild card. But still a huge, gigantic favorite. Colin Ray, um, his, uh, I think it's Colin, forgive me if it's not. But anyway, Ray's strategy and really what he's a pitch to contact guy, which is not what you want to be 
in 2023 uh, Major League Baseball. Um, he's had, I feel like, a pretty good set of outings this year and has not really been hit very hard. The guys that are in the bigs that aren't striking people out and are pitching the contact usually get there and stay there uh, or at least hang out or hang around as long as they can keep soft contact coming. Uh, the Mets lineup has not been great this year. They did just deal Eduardo Escobar to try to then, I guess, buy in more to their younger players. And, and they should have been doing that from the beginning. And we're starting to. Uh, but the Mets lineup still has been a little bit shaky. Uh, they were really quiet when they lost Pete Alonso to an injury, but he kind of got rushed back. We'll see if that has any long term effect. But uh, Lindor has been hitting low, really low batting average, but with a lot more power, which I feel like is him kind of trying to. I think cover the the losses of the um, of the polar bear when Alonzo went down, but I think just one of those things where he's trading average for power. Uh, I think because he knows and is feeling the pressure that the Mets need it. Um, in terms of where I want to go with this one, I mean, I feel like the Mets are too big of a favorite, but it's not enough necessarily for me to want to back uh, a Ray arm that I don't really trust a ton on it. Also with a, an offense that I don't trust a lot. Um, I think the Brewers are a team to back against other really poor offenses. And I, I think there's enough of a discrepancy between the Mets hitters and the Brewers that that's not for me. Um, next I'll move. Uh, Cause that's our lone national league game of the day. There is a, I guess college world series if you're into that, but there's still plenty of good baseball. So uh, don't, don't turn this off yet. Just there's only one national league game. We have the Detroit Tigers. They're visiting the Texas Rangers uh, Matthew Boyd at Andrew Heaney, currently Heaney minus 191, nearly $2 favorite at home. Over under is nine, slightly juiced the under. Uh, Matt Boyd has had a, a pretty good start to the year, big prospect in the past, never really delivered, um, and has kind of been stuck in what do we do with him? He's not really good enough to be a starter to get five or six innings out of him. Uh, but he's also not a one-inning reliever. So that's been troubling, problematic. He's not a he's not really a, a bat misser. He's kind of the Colin Ray type from the last game, again, if I'm getting that first name correct. Um, he's had some good outings this year and, and honestly has looked like he's almost worth trusting uh, for fantasy reasons, but I think he's still a fair amount off the um, – off the radar for me there. Uh, Andrew Heaney is a really tough, I think I was quoted earlier by a friend of mine, a uh, Rangers fan who I think might be making an appearance next time that uh, it's just me on this podcast for at least some comedy and hilarity. But I think someone that pays a, a lot of attention to the, to the Texas Rangers. And anyway, I mentioned that Heaney's about as trustworthy as the weather. And I think that's fair. Um, he's got good swing and miss upside. He's he's a modern 2023 pitcher that could have really good success. He's just never been able to harness everything, be consistent. Injuries have, have played his career, which is nothing new for a pitcher. But uh, ultimately, I think has let him down and has kind of put him in a position where we don't really know what to what we're going to expect from him every time he's out there. So when he needs a $2 a $2 favorite, almost um, it does seem pricey, but the Rangers bullpen has been better. It kind of melted down today. It looked like they were a little bit thin and used a, a player. I hadn't seen this year in the eighth inning, which then um, turned a three, two lead uh, in trouble to a four, three deficit and an eventual loss and really a, a poor series for Texas because they won the first one in extra innings. Uh, lost to a single run because they were shut out on Saturday and then blew a lead in the eighth inning, bottom of the eighth, uh, when they were leading a, a multi-run lead to, up to four to two, I think it was. Um, and that's problematic for Texas, and that's been their issue. Their bullpen had been better for the last month or so, uh, but there's still a lot of questions in that bullpen. Bruce Bochy, their manager, has been um, a bullpen wonder 
kind. I guess he's not a kin because he's an old man. But uh, anyway, he's he's been great with bullpens in the past, but has not been the case this year. And I think it's going to be one of the Achilles heel that Texas should have been working on by now, but they haven't done it yet. Uh, the Rays have been, uh, I mean, their biggest competitor, I think, to win the pennant. Um, they've been acquiring relievers left and right. And Texas just seems to be stuck with maybe the amount of money they spent on their offense. And that's something they don't want to go too far. But I feel like there are players in their system that are not really looking like they're going to make this team. The, t- the time to make a run is now. And I think you need to start looking for better relief help. Um, so you're not giving games away on the road in the Bronx and one of the worst Yankee lineups that we've seen in, in memory. Uh, but as for this number, again, a gigantic home favorite. Uh, I would expect Texas to get back, uh, uh, pr- should be pretty motivated after really losing two close games and, and caught dropping a series uh, in in the Bronx against the Yankees team that they're better than. Um, but and, and looking at the Detroit side, I feel like it's hard to really give a, a good estimate on what Matthew Boyd will do. I feel like the range of outcomes are extremely wide for him. Um, but then even if you get into the bullpen, you have Alex Lang, who's there, been their closer, but has been kind of appearing in the high leverage situations in the seventh and eighth innings. And that hasn't gone great for him. And then the remainder of that bullpen is not something I really want to trust. So I think if anything, I maybe want to look over nine in this one. It's a really key number in baseball because uh, you get the five, four finishes. And uh, that's a lot of times where the number seems to, to kind of dance around. But uh, I think at the flat nine right now, I'll, I'll, I'll lean over and I'll move on to the next and second and last American League game for this uh, this Monday. And that is Chicago White Sox and Dylan Seas visiting the Angels, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and Reed Detmers. Uh, currently, Detmers minus 128 home favorite. The over-under is eight and a half and uh, two pitchers that have really, really high strikeout upside, um, which is exactly what you want to be in the year of our Lord 2023. Uh, Dylan Cease has kind of turned around a really tough start to his year where his slider wasn't getting over the plate enough. And so pretty much everyone were just sitting on fastballs. And when you are a major league baseball hitter, you're one of the best in the world at hitting a ball that's traveling at you at 95 miles an hour. It doesn't really matter how fast it is. If it's straight, you can hit it. And uh, Cease was really struggling. He had a couple starts against the Rays when they were really hot. So that didn't go great for him in terms of luck and timing of that sort. But he's been better lately. Uh, the bullpen behind him is still very questionable. Liam Hendricks doesn't look like he's going to be back till after the All-Star breaks. That means at, le- at the very least, the White Sox are down a closer and have really struggled to figure out who's going to take that position over. But they honestly have trouble in middle relief, every part of relief as well. When Joe Kelly is your most reliable reliever at times. That's a really scary thing, uh, considering windows outside of his house are in danger uh, when he's throwing in the in the COVID offseason. So uh, on the other side, Reed Detmers, he's had a no-hitter. He's had huge strikeout numbers in the minors. Hasn't really delivered on that so much in, in the bigs. He's throwing harder. He's got better velocity, uh, apparently higher RPMs on his sliders and breaking pitches and things of that nature. So it's there's a lot of things pointing in the right direction for Reed Detmers. Of course, he's got Shoei Otani on his team as well. Um, a tough series in in Colorado with a blown Friday night, I think, and then winning 25 to one on Saturday and then losing the the rubber game on Sunday, outscoring the, the Rockies by 20 runs, but ended up losing a series. That's not great. Uh, Angels are still the same angels. They got really great top end talent, but not a lot more than that. So I don't know what to say about them necessarily. It does feel like they're fairly cheap at minus 128 at the current number at Bet Online. So uh, I'll give you the Angels as my interest in this one. I feel like also under eight and a half looks interesting to me. Um, 
since there's uh, a good chance that there's, if this one is tight late, pretty small spread, uh, you might want to look at a first five under to avoid that White Sox bullpen. I do feel like that helps the Angels, though, where a bad White Sox bullpen honestly makes the Angels even stronger later in the game. Uh, moving now to the interleague, I'll go to Cincinnati visiting Baltimore, two teams uh, playing way above expectations, but the Orioles did it last year and are kind of doing it the same way this year. Uh, the Reds just lost. Uh, they had a 12 game win streak snapped, but that's what happens when you're playing that Atlanta Braves, maybe the best team in baseball. Um, the, the Reds, though, I mean, they're going to score a ton of runs, which is really not what Baltimore does. Um, so there's a lot, I think, to talk about in this one. I'll start with the line Williamson for the Reds at Cole Irvin for Baltimore. Currently, Williamson, uh, excuse me, Cole Irvin at home is a minus 134 favorite. The over under is nine and a half, juiced very heavily to the over. It looks like it's going to climb to 10, uh, which is kind of surprising because Baltimore is an underball park now that they've built the great wall of Baltimore and left field. Uh, the Baltimore Bullpen is also lights out, but the real question is really with the starter with Irvin, who uh, came up with the Oakland Athletics and had some really good numbers, but ultimately there was a lot of questions on how he was putting up those big numbers, and a lot of it seemed like luck. Um, he reverted to the mean and is going to be throwing a lot of straight fastballs without a ton of velocity from the left-handed side of the mound, and that's going to be problematic for the Reds who tee off on those things. Um, they do a lot of platooning to the Reds, so it's a good chance that um, some of the good lefties in that lineup might not be in there on Monday night, but um, the Reds uh, I mean, have been playing so well uh, despite not having a great bullpen, and they're probably going to see where they sit towards the trade deadline and see what they need to add. Uh, they've got a lot of young talent, including the minors, but I'm not really sure what they're planning to do just yet because uh, I don't think the Reds were expecting to compete, but that division has been so bad and they're leading it as we speak or as I record right now. I don't have a ton on Williamson, but uh, ultimately the Orioles offense is definitely weaker than Cincinnati's. Uh, I think my interest here, I, I don't love the bullpen situation because I feel like the Reds are an underdog late uh, as they would be on the road for sure. But when you compare the bullpens, it gets even worse than that. So I think if you're interested in the Reds, you probably want to look into playing them in the first five. Um, and if you like the Orioles, I don't know if I'm advocating playing a minus 134, but I do think if you're playing the Reds, you're going to need them to take a pretty big lead and a big enough one for their bullpen to hang on. I trust their closer. Buck Farmer's been pretty good in the eighth inning as well, uh, but I'm not sure that I really want to back Cincinnati here. I think it's a good test for them, and I do have some uh, some money on the Reds to win the division um, that I jumped in after uh, seeing them in the lead and still being a four-to-one odds, but a uh, long way to go there, and it's just something to root for, I think, for the rest of the year. Uh, next, we'll go to Minnesota and Sonny Gray visiting Atlanta and Spencer Strider. This is a huge pitching matchup and honestly looked like one of the best ones in baseball. It would have been if you had talked to this or if we had this matchup three weeks ago. Sonny Gray has not been the same since. Um, they've The Twins have been really careful with his pitch counts, but I'll go into that in a little bit more in a second. Uh, currently, Strider, nearly a $2 favorite, minus 198 at home uh, in Atlanta. Over-under is 8.5, juiced pretty heavily to the under. Um, Sonny Gray, he just hasn't really been throwing a lot of pitches. He did in his last start against the Red Sox, which was kind of back and forth, went behind, then kept allowing the Red Sox to tie the game. Um, and then eventually went to extra innings and surprise, surprise, I did not win an extra innings bet because I've had an awful run there, uh, this season, but Strider had had some pretty weak starts himself, even not against great competition. The Tigers hit him pretty hard on the road in a day game start, which is usually a great time for a great arm like Spencer Strider to mow that team down. 
but um, it's pretty s- substantial to see Spencer Strider, a nearly $2 favorite to such a good arm like Sonny Gray. Um, there's questions out of the Minnesota bullpen though. So Gray, I, I think why this line is so big, it's bigger than I would make it for sure. And I think I'm interested in Minnesota and a potential run line play. I do worry about that. Um, road run lines are good, I think, because there's a good chance that the home team will only get eight at bats. If they win the game, they could be winning by one and you win your bet. You don't have to worry about it. Also, you have the walk-off potential where if it's not going over the wall, you are going to win your bet simply off of, um, a single run loss. The, I guess the other side though, is that if Sonny Gray, is going to go five innings is probably his maximum. I haven't seen him go six in a while. He's been getting pulled at like 80 pitches uh, when he closes an inning out. So um, I'm not expecting him to go to a hundred. Uh, I think he did his last start. We'll see how he bounces back from that. But even so um, with Pablo Lopez, or excuse me, um, another Lopez uh, on the IL dealing with some anxiety or stress related issues, um, that's really put a hole in the Minnesota bullpen. So they're trying to figure out who's going to close games besides Duran, who plays and pitches sometimes two innings at a time. But surrounding him, I mean, Griffin Jackson's been pretty good. He's got a great name. I'll give him that. But uh, he's not someone I'm I'm really that reliant upon. His numbers have been good. So maybe he des- deserves a little bit more respect. But um, that's the problem with Minnesota is that they've got a lot of big pitch- pitching questions and they're facing the, I think, the best lineup in baseball. Um, it's probably arguable between Atlanta and Texas, but right now I think Atlanta is the strongest to me because one through nine, they are all huge, huge threats. I mean, you could say similar things about Texas as well, but we've already covered them. So I'm going to stay here. Um, I think for value players, if there's, I mean, I'm not sure the last time I've seen Sonny Gray this big of an underdog, even when he was in, in Oakland. Um, I feel like it's probably worth a shot if you're into trying to take a long shot on this card. Uh, certainly it looks like the most attractive $2 favorite to fade, even though Atlanta is one of the best teams they're facing a pretty good one. And uh, a Minnesota team that's built for power. They strike out a lot though. And I think Strider maybe an over on his strikeout uh, prop might be a good idea if you're into those type of things. Um, and last but not least, I'll move to the Washington Nationals, continuing their West Coast road trip, going from San Diego up to Seattle. We got Trevor Williams on the bump for the Washington Nationals, and he's visiting Luis Castillo, what should be a very low scoring game. Um, Washington, you know, they've been hitting the ball fairly well this year. They've got big questions in their bullpen, uh, but Luis Castillo should be able to keep the Washington lineup pretty quiet. Um, and the Seattle bullpen is awesome behind him so uh, i got big questions current number uh, i'll give it to you now the mariners minus 245 the over under is eight very juiced to the under might see a seven and a half before this first pitch is thrown um but trevor williams i mean he's a pitch contact guy there's a reason why he's bounced around a bunch of teams and hasn't really looked great in the process he can keep this game close and hang in there because seattle is really not delivered on I, I had pretty high expectations on them coming into the year especially how after how well they played in the playoffs last year but i'm not really sure i'm believing in, in what their lineup has done this year they turned it on after a really slow start last year but i feel like it hasn't necessarily happened here uh, they've had some big out scoring or big scoring outbursts like they did on thursday against Domingo Herman, who just is completely lost as a pitcher right now, and then also uh, scored a ton of runs against Baltimore the next night, I think after a rain delay, but then went back to being pretty quiet, had a lead today, uh, conceded that, and then were never able to get back in the game, um, close game, but still a loss in Baltimore nonetheless. 
Um, so seeing them as a 240 minus 245 favorite is pretty big. Washington has just done, I mean, beat, I think San Diego in two out of three, I want to say. Uh, they might have had a four-game series, but I think I think Washington took two of them against a San Diego team that's been playing pretty well. Washington's not really had a good run lately. I feel like they're competitive and they're in all these games. So another situation where a, a dog of more than two to one, in this case, it looks like the biggest dog on the card. Um, not never a ter- terrible idea if you want to avoid take taking that shot that they have to win at that plus 220 instead looking at a run line which should get you a, a insurance and a, a winning bet on a single run loss um if that's how you expect this one to go i, I think castillo likely keeps his low scoring um which also i think impacts and, and plays into playing a run line on, a, on an underdog on the road because you don't want a ton of runs being scored in that type of situation when you really want it to end one nothing um, but we'll see what happens with that one. And then I think now it's time I can get through, uh, some promo codes to save you all some money. Thanks for tuning in. Of course, uh, if you're new to pregame or you don't have a, a, an account just yet, go sign up. You get $25 free just for signing up it takes 90 seconds and you can take advantage of being a site member, get access to the forums. Plus of course, all our handicapping that's out there. I mean, I have picks in college football, uh, soccer stuff. Um, of course we'll be having baseball coming out daily, um, and you can use that free $25 to get uh, a, a pick that's usually behind closed doors. Um, got to shout out my co-host, Scott Seidenberg. He's had a great run lately, uh, uh, 12 and 12, four and one. So on 16 graded plays with that one push up over 20 units, 21 and a half, uh, through his last seven days. So, uh, stay hot, Scotty. I know he's recording another podcast kind of right now as we're talking. So, uh, good for him and hopefully keeps that up. I feel like I've been doing pretty well lately, but, uh, baseball is a grind. There's a lot of wins, a lot of losses that are coming, but that's part of the game. And, uh, thank you. Of course, everyone who's been listening to this podcast, all my Patreon patrons, they've been great keeping up every day. It's a long, long grind. And I realize I'm doing a lot of work for y'all, but it's also uh, a game that we're doing together. If you're if you're on the uh, if you're on the train with me, uh, so for the promo code here for pregame and another twenty percent off, use American twenty. So uh, as we get towards July fourth, I think this is mainly due to the uh, All Star break coming up. But use the promo code American twenty. Good for seven days from the podcast release. So you got until I guess the second or so of July. But get in there before uh, Patriots Day and all those sort of. Well, I guess that's different day but before independence day use the promo code american 20 good for 20 percent off for all listeners of this mlb podcast so get in there do that um i'm gonna now go through and i think i already mentioned my patreon patreon.com just the real underscore g warner it's a good spot to get my leans and, and honestly uh day-to-day updates it's a little bit less formal so pre-game i pretty much put my picks out each night um uh, the the Patreon side of things, it's a little bit more affordable, but I'm going throughout the day and updating what I'm talking about. So uh, might be worth checking into. Uh, I highly suggest that I think anyone that's been on there has been uh, pretty, pretty happy with uh, how it's been going. And I'm, of course, always open to adjusting how I do things just to make sure that everyone is getting what you're looking for. Uh, but anyway, check that out if you're interested. And uh, now I guess it's time for me to get into the best bet. So um, for this episode, so this is RJ Bell's dream preview with the real underscore G Warner. And uh, for my best bet on this episode, Monday, for Monday, June 26th, I'm going to go with the slight favorite at home. I feel like the 
The Angels just seem to be too cheap to me, just based on a bullpen advantage. Plus, I think Reed Detmers can outduel Dylan Cease as well. You got the Shohei factor, which is always something you want. I mean, if he's not in this lineup, that might change things a little bit. But currently, the Angels minus one twenty-eight at Bet Online. Uh, I'll lay that number with Reed Detmers. I think he's a, a pretty so- solid uh, pitcher. He's got great swing and miss stuff, just like his adversary and Dylan Cease. But like I said, I trust the bullpen more. They got last at bats. I think they're a favorite late. They're a favorite at the beginning. Uh, so minus 128 seems a little bit cheap to me. I think it might climb before this one, uh, the first pitch is thrown. So check that out. Throw that in there. Uh, Angels minus 128. And uh, let's go make some money on this Monday. And that'll do it for this episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Thanks, of course, for uh, listening, uh, especially putting up with me. It's a, a solo episode tonight. But um, we'll be back on Thursday, Scott and I, uh, also want to make sure that everyone is, is, uh, if you're not subscribed, uh, on all the various platforms, please do so. So, you know, that we're in your feed right away. You're, you make sure you don't miss an episode while you're on your commute to work, or, you know, uh, maybe at your kitchen table teaching your kids, uh, how to bet at six years old or something like that. Got to start them early. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. This has been RJ Bell's dream preview MLB edition.